and welcome to Warp Factor Unknown, a Star Trek rewatch podcast where we select a random episode of Star Trek from all the various Star Trek shows, give it a rewatch, and then we come here, have a talk about it, have a little chat. My name's Dan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tom. The episode which was selected for this rewatch was Deep Space Nine's episode Crossover from Season 2. Right, then, let's just crack into it and start talking about Crossover. I know I watched it um, a couple times. Tom, you only managed to watch it once. Perfectly fine. Do you want to start off with some talking points? I've got some notes here. How do yeah, you want to crack on? Yeah. Okay. So this this episode, um, Crossover, which we're watching tonight, is, is one of those that I did watch many years ago at college. And I remember really liking it back then. I wasn't sure watching it so many years later, um, as we've done today, if I'd still enjoy it. And I'm going to talk about that towards the end, the sort of the pros and cons and how I think it's different now from how I viewed it back at college. So it's going to be interesting to go over some of these parts of the episode, like from the characters, from the acting, and just the general atmosphere of this mirror universe, which I think will be quite interesting to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I would just like to talk a little bit about DS9 in general, because we might not hit DS9 again, you know, in front of us, six episodes of our podcast or whatever, you know, we might the next nine episodes might all just be next generation, so we might not get a chance to come back to DS9, so I just want to talk a little bit about kind of like the production a little bit, about just things I just love in general about DS9, or things I like. I've not got too many things I want to talk about, but um. Did you know that the the promenade set on DS9 is the largest permanent Star Trek set that's ever been? I did not. No, isn't that great? Because mm. I know this episode didn't have too much featuring the promenade, people walking over those gantries and stuff. But yeah, it's huge. It's, it's a fantastic set. It's got so much detail, mm. the little shops and the, you know, the replimat and stuff. It's got a little Bajoran shrine. I the, yeah, but DS9 set is mm-hmm. Chef's Kiss. I, I do I do like that. I guess it's because like all the other Star Treks around especially around that time, you had like Next Gen, you had Voyager, they were travelling to different mm-hmm. planets, they were travelling so many places, whereas DS9 is quite sort of set in one place, yeah. so it makes sense to have this massive hub. Yeah. Uh, which is used in so many of the episodes, which yeah, I can fully I, th- I think I think it so. really helps it create like a sense of like community and what have you is going on on the on the station mm. and sort of on that same theme of me loving the set my favorite sort of detail of the ds9 set is is the doors like the airlock doors where these mm. giant cogs and have these massive arms yeah and i just love seeing them roll out every single time <laughs> I, it's just a simple pleasure i'm like oh, it's just so i love it that yeah. those doors i could talk about for ages yeah. i'm not going to yeah no no, no. Um, i know what you mean also, you know, one of those other little details I like on the DS9 set. Do you know the coffee mug they have? That Ractagino mug that yes. you use, like a little pyramid thing. You know, you can you can buy that. No, I didn't. You didn't? No. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, it's, um, I'm pretty sure it's called a, um, a Hot Joe mug. <laughs> yeah, it's like a travel mug. It's like It has like a lid and stuff. But you can only get them in America. Yeah. So I can't buy one. Ugh. And I, I, I look on eBay occasionally, but they're, they're not cheap to no, import no. over. So I've not bought one. But, um, People yeah. in the UK are missing a trick there, because anyone that's watched... Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you, need a, if, you, if you need to buy me a Christmas gift, yes. then that, that's what you want to get me, Tom. Yeah, definitely. Know, fantastic. Mm. I'll, I'll look into that. Yeah. But it's like those, those little sort of details that I like on the, the DS9 set. Yeah. I'm sure I've got others for the other various shows, mm. but we'll see if we get to that. Just finally on like those DS9 things, I'll see if they redress, they have to redress obviously all for this Mirror Universe stuff. My favourite part, the redress they did. They had these, they're everywhere. They're on like badges, on flags and banners. The, the Alliance logo. Yes. Did you notice that? It was like this, the big Cardassian logo and then sort of 
put in the bottom there was the, the Klingon logo as well. Oh, mm. loved it. It, looked, it just looked really good. It worked so well. And it was yeah. everywhere throughout the whole set. Loved it. So I have to admit, I didn't notice the logo. Um, we're just looking into it now um, on Google Images, and I can see it's just a fantastic logo, isn't it? With the Cardassian on top and the Klingon below, and it really sort of gives you that impression you are in this strange reality now where everything's different. Um, it's, it's those little details. Yeah. Actually, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna skip ahead just a little bit to a few of my notes. Even like things like like costumes. Obviously, people like Garrick are wearing the, the classic Cardassian uniform. People like Quark. Normally in DS9, he's got these fabulous jackets and shirts he wears, all very colourful and extravagant. But in yeah. this one, his clothes were very plain. And he mentions about, oh, I hope the other Quark is more profitable than, than I am. So mm. you get the impression that you know, this Quark is you know, a bit more hard up. So yeah, there's those little tiny details they sort of redid and redressed to sort of really sell this crossover. Yeah. And I, I really thing. liked um, Quark in this episode. I thought he was, he was so good. The fact that he's comes across as you still think is he is he got some of that from the normal universe mentality of Quark and then you think no actually he's yeah seems like quite a nice guy he does seem to have like more morals you could say yeah but also it's sort of still got that sort of Ferengi business behind it as well like there's opportunity in yeah. sending people to the, the the other universe but yeah he does seem to care more mm. I wonder if that's because he has less actual opportunity, he has less chance of profit. Because when they said to him um, about Gold Press Latinum, he said, what is this? Yeah. What, what's Gold Press Latinum? And it makes you wonder, like, like, do they have money in the mirror yeah. universe? Or do they have a different kind of money? So when it was found out that Quark was sneaking them off the station, I initially thought, ah, he's doing this for business reasons, and it's all... He's very similar to the Quark in the other you know, reality. But when you think about it, if he doesn't know what Latinum is and there's no money involved, is he doing it purely because you know, he's a good person? Well, well that's um, I mean, like, that there could still be money because later on, Cisco mentions about collecting duties for the Intendant on his like, sort of piracy missions. But those duties haven't got to be cash. They could just be supplies. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Alliance is also a post-scarcity uh, society. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Just sort of, um, I want to talk a little bit about the... The intro scene, the opening scene before the credits, I really like that scene with um, Kira and Bashir in the uh, in the runabout and the opening mm. log. And the very first thing that I picked up was they've been to New Bajor setting up a, a hospital. And this is in the Gamma Quadrant, so we've gone through the wormhole and set up a new colony. And I'm thinking, first of all, New Bajor is a terrible name. That is not very creative <laughs> or offensive. Like, surely the writers could have done better than New Bajor. Yeah. But also, I don't know how familiar you are with the DS9 history. I think you're pretty good at it. But you know that DS9 was, like, um, Bajor was occupied by the Cardassians yes. for like 60 years. And they've only recently come out of that, maybe like five years ago. And you think, surely they've got enough problems at home to rebuild their own society. Should they be using valuable resources, establishing new colonies in the Gamma Quadrant? It just mm. seems a little much to yeah, start with. It does. Talking about the scene at the beginning on the runabout, I, I love that scene. I think it just sets everything up so perfectly. The fact that um, Kira is just trying to get by without Bashir talking. She doesn't want music. She just wants to be left on her own in peace. We've, um, we've all been there. Like, you know, you're with somebody, family or friend on the bus or in yeah. the car. I just want to get home. Yeah. And then there he is doing, like, breathing exercises or, you know, just talking over things, putting just being annoying, basically. Yeah, he is. And it's just, it's just so good to see that sort of interaction between them because it sets up the rest of the episode then quite well. You know, they've gone into this. As he says, he's he's got close to miles, but 
him and Kira have always had a, I don't know, a bit of distance between them. I think it's this experience is what brings them a bit closer together. Yeah, I, I love that. It, it, yeah, you're exactly right. In that shuttle, he's quite he's quite insufferable. He's he's just being he's not yeah, being a jerk. Absolutely. He's just being a bit annoying. Because we mentioned in the last episode about how is he still that sort of sexist kind of guy in season two? And he's he's not. And you can see that. Yeah, this episode he really isn't being like sort of creepy Bashir, mm-hmm. but he's still like eager and quite young and inexperienced. Yeah. He's not yeah. hasn't got many social graces. Um, and yeah, I love the whole thing with it with the meditation. Um, I don't suppose. Yeah. Do you fancy doing the the bellows breath? Do you want to give it a go? Oh, oh, definitely. All right, here we go. That's it. Maybe we should listen to the music. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, perfect. And then just very finally on that on that in, on that um, intro scene, I like the. Um, when they're talking about burying the hatchet, in mm. Kira's like, yeah. well, he's, well, what did he say? What was the quote? It's something like, burying the hatchet, and it means resolving past conflicts. And she's like, yeah. And new ones. <laughs> making new ones. I love yeah, that. It's I so do, funny. Yeah. That's a great line. I love that. <laughs> so from the shuttle, they go through the uh, wormhole, and they arrive in what they think is a station. Of course, they get there, and it's completely changed. And you get the impression, even before anyone says anything, that this is a something weird is going on. You know, then the first person they meet. Who who is the first person they meet? Is that they, they meet Garrick first? Garrick, and he's yeah. wearing his Cardassian uniform. That's right. And he's like, you know, they're imposters. Yeah, and just the way he talks, he's so different from this. You know, meek and mild Taylor we're so used to. Oh yeah, a, a plain simple Taylor plain Garrick. Plain simple Taylor Garrick. So yeah, you can tell straight away. That's, that's fantastic acting, I think. But he just comes across as this you know, battle-hardened, nasty character, which you can tell from the from straight off. So after that, on the station, they meet um, Kira, don't they? And she... Oh, yeah, the the mirror Kira, or the intendant. The it? intendant. Yeah. Did they meet anyone else before that? I can't remember. So No, they meet those two in like, the corridor. Garrick Then first. Bashir gets sent to the mines, and Kira goes with the intendant That's to right. the, the ready room. That's thing. right. So yeah, and then when they see Kira as well, and I just love that, the fact they're looking at each other. And I was looking to think, like, how... Obviously, there's a way of doing it with like, split screens and things like that, but I was almost looking at their eyes thinking, are they looking at each other or are they looking slightly off? Yeah, like, like a few did, angles. Did, did they have like a, a stand-in actor who they yeah. could you know talk to yeah. and then you know, composite the shot or however they That's do right. it? Yeah. Or, or was it like a tennis ball hanging down they were talking yeah, to? Yeah, with like, little googly eyes on <laughs> With them. googly eyes. <laughs> and yeah, I just, I just thought it was clever. And uh, the more I looked, I thought, no, I can sort of, if I didn't, believe these two are the same people I could I could think of it as an actual conversation between two people so they did very well there I just love the sort of so I guess it's like the chemistry between yeah. the two even though obviously they're the same they were person. just trying to like size each other up weren't they a little yeah. bit yeah yeah you could tell that Mira Kira really likes normal Kira mm-hmm. not so much the other way in fact I think later in the episode normal Kira says you you frighten me and I think that's that's how I would Surmise that Mirakira character is that she's very uneasy to watch and very unpredictable, and you don't know what she's going to do at any time. Is she going to go off on a tangent? Yeah, love you or kill you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with their relationship, when they go to what is Cisco's office, the intendant asks Kira, so, oh, you know, have you heard of Kirk? I love when she says no. I love, yeah. I really like that, that regular Kira has not heard of Kirk. Yeah. And it makes sense. She has been a resistance fighter for most of her life. And Bajor has not been part of the Federation. 
why would she know Federation heroes? I love that. that and it's also a clever way just to get that bit of exposition out the way, but explaining what happened with Kirk and Spock in the original series. But that did sort of get me thinking a little bit. Is So I don't know how much you know. I know you've not seen the episode, the original episode, the original crossover episode in the original series, but the intendant explains it quite well, you know, that Kirk comes over, ends up convincing evil Spock to be less evil and then reforms the uh, the Federation, the Terran Empire, into something good. But then that happens, and then it falls to evil. And you think, okay, well, why? Why Why did that have to happen? And yeah. so, and at the end of this episode, there's a, another rebellion starts, again, from the Terrans, and they, the impression you get, they're going to go sort of make a grassroots rebellion and going to fight the Alliance, and maybe they're going to, you know, beat them and create a bit of equality and stuff. But then you think, well... Are they going to lose again? Is that is like is good? Can good ever win in this universe, or will evil always prevail? Mm. I don't know. Did, yeah. did you get anything from from that? No, good points. I mean, the, what you mentioned about um, Kirk, I was initially thinking That's strange. You know, Kirk, quite a famous character in that universe, and that's it. Someone had dimension, and um, so I was thinking that. Why did they miss that out? I was saying it's going to be revealed later. But as you say, Kira, resistance fighter, she's not going to know about who to us is a, a famous character and to all the other you know people at Starfleet. They obviously all know about Kirk. Yeah, and then, of course, what happens after Kira? You then meet Odo. And Odo in this episode, I think he's probably, probably my least favourite character in the episode, but also the person that I think the acting is just brilliant. And it's just such this... This force of, you know, he's obviously still a shapeshifter in this dimension. It's not dimension, is it? Dimension, universe. Yeah. Galaxy. So he's obviously still a shapeshifter in this dimension, but he's almost comes across as this hard sort of, I don't know, um, slave driver who loves his job. Just like in the normal universe, in the normal dimension, he loves his, you know, his role as sort of the police. The the police, yeah, the constable, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so... Uh... Yeah, I love that scene as well, because I like how Bashir gets there, and he's sort of arrogant, and he's like, you know, watch my designation. I haven't got a designation, you know. Mm. Well, yeah, he slaps him, and I like how Bashir just gets more and more arrogant, and he's... It's not even arrogant, it's kind of like a, a defiance. Yeah. Yeah, like he's... he Unlike the other Terrans, like Miles, he, he's not been broken. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah. whereas all the other Terrans, you know, that they, they have. So I really like how, yeah, Bashir's there, and he, you know, gets slapped around a little oh, bit. Definitely, and, yeah. It's yeah, quite, yeah. It's quite sad. Especially after the shuttle scene at the beginning, that's quite satisfying to see. I think it could have been a, a bit more of that, but it was fine. Yeah. It was uh, just enough scenes. But I think um, that bit is one of my favourite scenes as well. When he goes, "I don't have a designation, sir," and it's just, it's just like, uh, yeah, Odo's great in that, and uh, it's it's just nice to see that um, even though his defiance. He still gets put to work in the mines. Makes no difference to Odo. I think he enjoys a bit of a power trip he has slapping him around, but it was going to happen either way. He's going to be sent to these mines and he's going to have to work his, you know, his ass off. And, and I really like what Kira was saying back with the intendant. She's like, oh yeah, he's entitled, spoiled Terran. Let him work in the mines. You could yeah. see how the other half live. And um, yeah, I think. I think mean, that's a good a sort of uh, good things that happen to you know well all of our characters. But you know, watching a TV show, your characters have to face trials and do things they shouldn't 
they wouldn't expect to be doing. So having Dr. Bashir, you know, work in the mines or, you know, see combat or whatever he does, you know, throughout DS9, yeah. it sort of helps with that character growth. Well, they didn't believe him that he was a, a doctor, mm. or at least Odo didn't, which makes you think, you know, doctors in on that ship. Well, no, no Terran doctors. No Terran doctors. No, only Cardassian doctors. Yes. I yeah. don't think I'd want to see a Cardassian doctor. No. No, I can imagine all being like um, the Cardassian in that Four Lights episode next year. Oh, man, yeah. So they'd be quite brutal, I would imagine. Uh, maybe not a good bedside manner. Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe they, we didn't see a Cardassian Doctor. No, I think I'd rather have a Cardassian Doctor than a Klingon Doctor. Oh, absolutely. He's like, oh yeah, your arm's broken. He just like rips it off. Just with yeah. bare hands, just tears your arm off. Yeah, yeah. It was purely the food alone. Oh, the gut, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes... Do you want to have a little chat about the Cisco and when he gets called to go see the intendant? He's in the they're in the bar and he's sort of spoken with Arkira and whatever, and then he gets a call and he's like, yeah, okay, I'm on my way sort of thing. But you sort of see in his face that he doesn't want to go. He knows what's going to happen, but he doesn't want to go. But then he smiles. He's putting on an act and he sort of hints that, yes, he really is as much a slave in this as anyone else. Yeah, he and obviously then, gets special treatment, doesn't he, from giving... This Kira, what she wants, which I think is sex, sex, and, and, and duties, slave, and duties. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, you can just see little hints of. Oh no, I'm still aware that I'm under under a thumb, under her yeah. thumb. You know, I've got to do exactly what she wants. But he's also got this power above other Terrans because of what he gives to her. Yeah, and then like sort of the next scene is when Kira, our Kira go to see the intendant and Cisco's there. She's having a bath and Cisco's eating a swing of his knife. And, you know, the impression that you get is that, you know, they've had sex. And Alkira, I could just imagine her going, Cisco, really? I wonder. Like, yeah. like, like, is she called, like, disgusted by the idea? Yeah. Curious. Who knows? When yeah. she goes back, when she sees Cisco, she will be like... Will she now look oh. at him in a different... Exactly. Like, completely. Yeah. Like, it's like, me and the emissary... Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But that 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 seems also a great end. But yeah. you mentioned earlier about you know when they have the um, I say with two actresses, it's the same actress, none of visitor. Um, you know, both on screen at the same time, and they're locking eyes. And in that scene, um, a hand comes up and grabs Kira's chin. And to me, I just couldn't help. It's not her hand. It just doesn't look like her hand. Mm. It just looks like an extra from underneath. <laughs> it's like crouched down. It's like reached up. Yeah. I just couldn't not see it. Um, <laughs> I'd have to rewatch that. Like, may, may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it really yeah. is um, her well, hand. Maybe she actually reached around and uh, out well, of herse- camera and then oh, herself, herself yeah. um, rather than have you know yeah. someone else do it. So. Maybe I, I don't. I don't know. But yeah, that was, that was really good. But it'd be quite funny to see like a like a hairy arm like, yeah. reach out and then it's like yeah. Garrick's plan. Talk to me about Garrick's plan. You did a whole one about replacing the intendant. Yeah, she will be gone. Mm. Talk to me. I love that scene so much. I thought that was a well thought out plan, and I also thought, you know, this is he's only made this plan now to rebel because he wants to to take over, and it's only because they've arrived on the station. This is his first attempt at something. It was it was great because he was it was so well thought out. You know, he had everything in place. You will, you know, she'll the current Kira will be gone. Gone. 
and this normal, well, from our perspective, Kira will take a position and then after about a month, promote Garrick to her position uh, or she goes off on her path, like exploring yeah, her path. Explores her path. And then rescue Bashir and go off. And I thought, yeah, okay, so this is only like, he's only just thought about this as a potential plan to elevate himself. But then you start hearing from Cisco, like, no, he's he's made many attempts at this in the past. I thought that, that was that Yeah, was I, I like that little detail. I mean... I'm going to disagree. I don't think that plan was good at all. No? I think it was not... Well, okay. It's a good plan, and it on paper, when you first hear it, it sounds like a good plan that could work. But I don't think that our Kira could have pulled it off long enough. Two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Mm. I don't think she could play the part well enough. Because the Mirror Universe Kira, the Intendant, she's what, kind of a psychopath. She, you know, she has to be killed. She does all these... You know, she, I don't know. She just oozes this kind of character that she has. Yeah. Which I don't think Arkira could pull off. True. I mean, she pulled it off for about 10 seconds in the, when the Klingons came to the shuttle, didn't they? Uh, yeah. Only because she says, you know, she shouts at them. Yeah. They're like, oh, you know, and they, they take her on. But I think even then they were sort of suspecting after a bit that slide. I mean, yeah, because she'd have to, like, hide herself away you know, being in her quarters and, you know, like not, not see as many people. I think it would just raise too many suspicions. And, I, yeah, just good plan. I just, mm. I think if it played out how Garrick thought it was going to play out, I think it would, would not work. Yeah, I don't think it would work. Yeah. And to be fair, would you trust him? I wouldn't trust him because if he's willing to kill the intendant, why wouldn't you just kill Kira? If anything, killing yeah. Kira will be easier than killing the intendant. Yes. Yeah. Nah, mm. uh, true. Um, so I would not trust him as yeah. far as I could throw him. Uh, but <laughs> I guess at that moment, it seemed quite appealing because yeah. that was a, their way out, That's basically. Good plan. Yeah. And like that scene was so well acted. I, I like everything that um I don't know what the actor. Do you know what the actor's name is for Garrick? Garrick, no. no that, that's fine. Well, um, so yeah, the the act, the acting from 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 Garrick was amazing. At the very end, he's like, "It will be your doctor friend who is gone." I love it. Yeah, like, yeah. He just oh that entire scene, the entire time he's talking, love it. I could watch the Garrick character all day. Love that. So the uh, actor that plays Garrick is mm. actually um, Andrew Robinson. Andrew Robinson, I did know that. Yes. I've seen the credits for DS9 a few times now. Mm. Mm. It's just a random bit of trivia oh, I, I, I pick up as yeah, I watch it. Like, brain, very yeah. good names. Yeah, so. yeah, they really just mm. jump out to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the bar scene, well, in one of the bar scenes, when that human bumps into the Klingon and they're going to fight and they don't quite fight, that Klingon spat in his face... Oh my god, what a gob. What a absolute... Yeah. That was a splat and a half. Yeah. That was... Yeah. I'm like, did the actor playing the Klingon have like some extra fake spit in his mouth to throw out at him? Or is that just like a natural how much he can spit on a guy's face? I would imagine that that scene must have taken a few takes. So maybe through because practice... Because if someone or... spat in your face you in, in, in like an acting setting, you just laugh. It'd be so funny to keep a straight <laughs> yeah, face. yeah. Absolutely, but I guess after 20 or 30 takes, you'd probably like... I want to go home now. (laughs) (laughs) You would look exactly how that guy looked being spat in the face uh, in real life. But yeah, for myself, if I was to do that, I was an actor, and uh, I would have like a McDonald's milkshake or like a a thick drink of some Mm -hmm. sort to make sure you got the accurate Mm -hmm. amount needed to be visible on camera, which this one certainly was. Yeah. Yeah, very good, visible. Good, good aim, I thought. Yeah, I thought good so aim. too. Yeah, but no, I like that scene as well because he's this this guy. Obviously, wants to fight the king on uh, the, the the Klingon, <laughs> um, but uh, he's looking for to Cisco. So it shows 
Even though Cisco does come across as a bit of a bit of an ass in this episode, he still has got the respect of his men. Yeah, he plays that, that pirate quite well. He does. We assume he's a pirate. You know, he says he gets, gets duties. I mean, yeah. So he um he looks across and Cisco like said, no, no, don't do it. So he knows this would start a war, basically. Um, were they to attack the Klingon? He kind of reminds me a bit, um, Cisco in this episode of Yandu. From oh, yeah, yeah. Guys in the yeah. Galaxy, and I'm like, it's just that sort of, you know, he's not respected by everyone, but his men mm. and him look up to him and respect him. So. Yeah, that, that classic sort of pirate sort of story character, yeah. Yeah. Oh, very good. And also, in the things of which were gross but also awesome, when Odo gets shot, splat. Yeah. Such the biggest splat. Absolutely. It's like explosion. I mean, I love that little bit because I liked how. Bashir just jumped on the opportunity and he was brutal. Mm. Like, Odo is his friend. I know this Odo is evil and is tapping around a little bit, mm. but surely he knows Odo. It's like, we have a little bit of a hesitation about shooting someone he knows, but no. Pop, splat, bang. But I, I have always wondered what happened if you shot a changeling. And Bashir might have done too. So even though Odo <laughs> is his friend, yeah. um, he's now got this opportunity. And this might have been what he was thinking all along. I've always wondered what it'd be like to shoot Odo. And, you know, he went and he did it. Now and he knows. that is a result. And what a result. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he can now... He can now, the walls. <laughs> yeah. So he can now, um, you know, he might keep a secret from the Odo when he goes back and say, I, 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 I shot your mirror self and uh, just to warn you, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not pleasant. Or he might just keep it to himself and just yeah. know, you know, I don't need to think about this anymore. Yeah, that's great. I, I would just love to hear the conversation that they go back and they're giving their reports. And <laughs> yeah, Odo's like, wait, you shot me? Oh, <laughs> oh that'd be great. Yeah. You exploded, Odo. Yeah, you've got some splatter on you, my friend. In fact, he could be called Explodo. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's good. Yeah, I thought that was a good scene. Yeah, I, yeah, that's great. I enjoyed that too. Okay. So, you know, just after... Expo- <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say? Explodo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I need a bit. Stupid bug. Oh, I'm the worst. <sighs> so after Odo got Explodo. Yeah, and then Bashir, he's made his escape, and he's going through the, the Jeffrey's tubes, and he finds O'Brien thinking about you know, trying to stop this thorium leak. And they have a they have a little conversation, and he's like, oh, can I come with you? And Bashir says, I don't know if Starfleet would be happy about this. And I thought, well, no, I don't think they would, but we've got a Prime Directive, and there's a Temporal Prime Directive. Is there a Inter-Universe Directive? And if there isn't, if you bought O'Brien back... Would Starfleet make one? Yes, that's that's a good point. I mean, I like that a bit as well, because you expect Bashir, he's a doctor, to be like, I can't take you back. Something about, you know, having two exact people living in the same universe. Like in Time Cop. Like in Time Cop. Yeah, they can't share the same space. Can't, they can't share it. You know, what, what you, if yeah. you do could... Yeah, he'll take a, he'll take a Brian back and then we'll get a Van Damme movie. Yeah. That he'll just come and do the split and he'll keep the two Brian's apart with his yeah. two legs. That, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so it'll just be, you walk through the hallway and you'd see probably both of them 
Um, well, both by Dams. But no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> both Bashirs doing the uh, doing the splits. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know what I was going with that, but uh, yeah, I, I like that bit and the fact that does he come back with him? Yeah, no, he doesn't. He ends up sticking around and going with Cisco. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that scene's great because you know any other character might have tried to convince like no, 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 Smiley O'Brien, you can't come with me. It just wouldn't work. But I like how he's like, no, yeah, sure, come on. Mm-hmm. That's kind of that sort of compassionate doctor thing coming yeah. out, yeah. which you would hope all of our other characters would have as well. But yeah, I like that. Can you imagine, again, imagine we, if we go back to our universe and we have two O'Briens we're excluded the Van Damme thing but he goes back and sees Keiko he's like hi just now two of me <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, that, well that's true that's true but no that would be difficult to explain and also they could sort of make a game of it and be like I am going to pretend I am the other Bashir and yeah. the maybe evil Bashir could because yeah. technically it's not cheating I mean you're no. cheating with yourself with yourself yeah so I mean okay would you like to have an exact copy of you? Like the same like thoughts, feelings, like everything's like, like two toms. Would you want two toms? Probably not. Why? I think it's because I know myself too well. And there are always parts of yourself that, you know, you not anything secret or skeletons in the closet or anything like that, but you just like to keep to yourself. Mm-hmm. And to have someone that knows that, but that is it's a weird so thing. Sort to of think. like highlight those negative aspects that yeah. everybody has. It's talking to me. Like, I don't really feel like talking about this now because I'm, I'm going to have different. You know, I might have a headache that day. He might not. Or that's a good point. Yeah. You know, I might be feeling a certain way. Like oh, I just don't want to talk right now. And the other one's talking because sometimes I I tend to talk a lot, but not all the time. So, but then on the other side of a coin, the the positives of having an extra you mm. would be like, okay, I don't want to go to work today. You go to work this week. I'll take a week off. Mm. Then you, I'll do a week, and you have a week off. We like swap. So you, you could really sort of play the system. Yeah. That could be quite handy. That is definitely good. Or like, I don't, I don't want to go hang out with my family today, or yeah. my friends. You go. Yeah. I'll get the next one. Bye. Yeah, that, that's good. There's actually a, a Calvin and Hobbes, um, uh-huh. the comic. Uh, there's one, I can't remember what year it's from, but he does that exact thing. He has his own clone go to school for him. And I think the clone, he thinks, oh, this is a great idea. The clone actually ends up getting in more trouble than he normally does at school. And it's just, it's really good. Yeah, that's it. If you sent your clone to work or school, well, you know, you've really got to trust yourself not to be a dick to yourself. Yes. Like, yeah. But I trust, I think I would trust myself not to do that to myself. Then you'd also go off on, you know, you might be exactly the same. You would have lived your life up to that point, you know, following that. But then you're going to have different experiences. Yeah. Do you remember that episode of Next Generation where Riker gets another Riker? We've we've, we've got an episode of this. Yes, I do. There's there's two Rikers. And then new Riker, who got stuck on that planet for a few years, he's come back and he starts dating... Diana and all Rikers yeah. are like a bit jealous. And I, in the episode, I remember, I just couldn't help but think, I was like, yeah, there's no way both Rikers would... Th- there would be a thing. There would be a, a three thing happening there, definitely. No, no. Well, you think you think there would? Oh, definitely. Yeah? Well, Riker and Riker would be up for it. I don't know about Diana, but no, Riker, Riker and Riker would. Yeah, definitely. yeah. So, also, another point was... Um, so, I was thinking about Quark and that, and how I thought he was going to get saved, and... Yes, obviously he'd been, been tortured by Garrick and confessed. But I thought, she's like, give him a quick death. I was like, okay. So he's going off to down the hallway. I thought there was going to be like a scene at the end where they, they jump in and rescue him. But no, Quark. Straight there up There is death. no more Mirror Quark. No. So, you know, 
as you know, DS9 goes back to the mirror universe a few times. No more Quark. Mm. Do we get an evil rom? I don't know if we get an evil rom. Can't remember. Like yeah, I, I do kind of like how it, doing a story like this gives them a chance to show characters in different light and just kill some off. So, you know, so like we now have no Quark. We now have no Odo because he got explodo. He did. He he um he exploded with enthusiasm all over the ceiling and walls <laughs> and floor. I also remember in Next Generation uh, when Tasha Yar dies from the big tar monster. Oh, yeah, the tar pit, yeah. And in season three, is it yesterday's Enterprise? Oh, yeah. I believe that she comes back, but she's like an evil character. Am I thinking of the right Tasha Yar? Oh, no! It happens no, twice. Sorry. It happens twice. So she comes back. She comes back, back evil one time, but yeah. in yesterday's Enterprise, she comes back and she. It was like, like a time thing. It, like, like Another ship's come for like, a time portal right. and they have to. And Guinan. Yeah. Uh, sees her and she senses instantly that this is not right. And Tashi, I was like, "What's wrong, guy? You know what, what's happening?" And she's like, you, "You're just wrong. You shouldn't be here." Uh, and that's that's kind of like I like how it's like a different universe, different tangent yeah. things of split. And this person's been brought back. And yeah, I just like that. Yeah, because we didn't get any like actual mirror universe in TNG, did we? No, we got the original series DS9. Is there any in Voyager? Not that I can no. remember. I think they do it in Enterprise, definitely. Mm. Discovery, Discovery, obviously, yes. I think that's it so far. Stranger Worlds? Don't think so. No. no I, I don't think so. Uh, I also don't think Lower Decks, but I wouldn't be surprised if Lower Decks does go there because that's the kind of show they would do. Yeah, yeah. So overall, I thought this was a really well-made episode, well-acted, and I was like hooked all the way through. Just seeing the characters play completely different roles... You could actually believe that they were, like, nasty in this mirror universe. Or in the case of Quark, actually really good. And uh, it, for me, it was just a really interesting episode. And seeing, you know, Miles obviously play this person that's never thought he could be good at anything. And finding out that in you know, the other universe, he's this chief of operations. Cisco finding out that... Does he actually find out he's captain of the ship? I don't think he does, does he? He no doesn't. Kira just says he's a good man. Yeah. Or something like that. Doesn't actually find out he's a captain. That, that might have changed his way well, of thinking. He's so a captain in this... Actually, no, because he's not a captain. He's a commander. Commander. He gets yes. captain later. That's it. I think it's season five, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah. When he gets so, a defiant. Yeah, finding out... So Cisco finding out he's a commander of... Um... Which is actually, I guess, like a, low, uh, a knockdown. He's currently captain. Yes. He's a pirate ship. True, so, true. Yeah, demotion. Actually, yeah. Yes, I'm thinking about it, but you'd have a bigger ship. It's a space station. Yeah, a bigger station. Doesn't go anywhere though, it just floats. No. So he probably could be convinced to, or maybe not, like you can step down from your ship, your captain, you have all your men looking up to you, you can go to a bigger place, but it's a station and it's stationary and you can't go anywhere. And you've probably got more responsibility, probably more paperwork. Yeah. I don't think pirates have much paperwork. No, no. So thinking about it, he's probably best staying where he is. Then of course, Odo, I don't think Odo finds out about what his other self is like, because Odo in this episode is just nasty, and no one tells him that you're actually a good guy in this other universe, you look after people, you're the constable. I don't think he'd have cared either way, he would have carried on. Mm. Garrick, I don't think knew he was a tailor, probably not the best time to tell him. Look, he did have a line about when he first saw, well, no, when, he first, when he saw Kira at some point, he's like, oh, I do enjoy a well-tailored gown. Yes, but they, they should have taken that opportunity and been like, actually, you have very good tailoring skills. So maybe, like, he does tailoring and he's, it's a hobby. Maybe. So, With, so like, cork skin or something. He's brutally sort of running the station for his day job. But at night time, he plays, like, relaxing music. That's a Cardassian opera, perhaps. And he's there just tailoring. But he keeps it to himself. He doesn't mm. want it to ruin his image. Well, not ruin his <clears> image, but, you know, 
change people's opinion. So then we got Quark, and Quark, of course, in this one, I, I love that the fact that he's he just seems a lot more selfless. He's not doing it for the money, or at least not the money that we know of. And yeah, that was a uh, that was really well played there. And he's gone. Uh, Quark is no more. Yeah, he is. Uh, I'm trying to think of something in the rhymes, but can't. Maybe got put into a tank of sharks. Maybe. So, <clears throat> Quark was fed to the sharks. Quite dark. Anyway, enough luck. Yeah. yeah, me. I also enjoyed, enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was fantastic to see all the characters, all the actors play those like different versions of themselves. You could sort of tell they were all having a lot of fun with it. Like There wasn't like much, in quotes, story with this one. There wasn't like any sort of big driving plot or anything like that. It was, it was quite a simple just look at what these characters are doing. Yeah, there's some, some good little bits in there, which I really enjoyed it. It's, it's just so much fun. Mm. I and mean, yeah, this one easily stand up to to a rewatch. Yeah. You can tell the actors as well were enjoying it. Oh, yeah, they, they were uh, so much fun. They you could just tell, you know, it must have been so... They play these characters, and they must play every single day. And now they're told, look, you are now playing someone that's the complete opposite of what you normally play. And I can just imagine being told that as an actor must be something quite quite freeing and you can just really go for it like Cisco I felt like he he almost overplayed to start with this character yeah, which, which did, is yeah. good in a way because this I don't know he just, he just came across as like overacting yeah. but I quite like that as well yeah, it's all he, fit this character Avery Brooks can overact a little bit sometimes but yeah like when, he, when he's like laughing in the bar and Kira's like you know, I've got this news for you yeah you just you just believe it yeah, he just sells yeah. it very well All Things Considered from the humour in the episode, which there was at the start, I like that. The seriousness of Odo and all the other Garrick, the Klingons, and everything just seemed to work very well and piece together. Didn't seem to be any loose ends, apart from obviously what happens to Quark, but I guess that's quite obvious. To me, it, it flowed very well, and it, it didn't feel like a 45-minute running time. So I would give it a 7.4. 7.4? 7. 7.4. Okay. 7.4, yeah, that, that's, quite a, that's quite a good rating. And I think I agree with everything you said. Like, this episode is so much fun. Is it one of the best Star Treks ever made? I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to stick it in a top 10. But it's just a fun episode. Yeah, I think, I think a, um, sort of a mid-7s is pretty good. Yeah, I'll, I'll, go, I'll up you a little bit. I'll go 7.5. Okay, let's see who is closest. 7.9. Really? Wow. So I guess we so I guess we rated a bit lower than, yeah, than yeah. IMDb. I think it's I think it's better to play it safe, but that is that's a good rating. It's a good that's rating, a... yeah. I know I know ratings mean quite a lot to you. Like Absolutely. when it's coming to film and TV, um you tend to like things that are seven or above. Like yes. you will watch things which are lower than a seven. I okay occasionally I might push myself and think, look, this film I want to see, it's a, it's a, like a six point something. I'm like, ugh, do I? Do I? And I've enjoyed them. But more often than not, if I've gone below that, I've like rated like five point something or four point. Do you, I get, never do you get the same the other way? Like if something's rated like a 9.5, but then it's just not for you. It just That's not the kind of content you're, you want to watch. Yeah, but I always recognise that it's a very well-made episode, but if I don't enjoy it myself, I just realise, yeah, I, I, I can understand people who rate it that way, but they're passionate about this particular episode because they like the series as a whole. If I don't like the series as a whole, I'm not going to like probably be the excellent episode that stands out in it. So now's the part of the episode where we select what we're going to watch next time. Uh, we've got a little spin generator up here, but before we do spin... Oh, are you aware that from Star Trek Day, there's been a brand new show come out? I say show, it's only kind of a show. 
It's called The Very Short Tracks. I was not aware. Oh. So, The Very Short Tracks, they've been released on YouTube, and as of now, only one has been released. And, you know, the the short tracks, they're like five minutes long, six minutes, some, some about 15 minutes. Um, but the first episode of these Very Short Tracks was like three and a half minutes long. Hmm. So it's one of those like you know do we include it in this in this rewatch do we not I'm inclined to put it in even though it's only three minutes long we probably couldn't talk that much about it so are you happy to include these very short tracks into our spin wheel or do you want to leave them out I would include them we're trying to include all tracks uh, we're going to be trying uh, track exclusive so we want to try and give it to. Is that what I was saying? Yeah. Yeah, well, try and be inclusive to all varieties of Trek. Okay, right. Well, in that case, so we've now gone up from 12 shows to 13. Oh, also on that note, as at this time right now, um, Lower Deck Season 4 is coming out, so we've got even more Star Trek to potentially watch. Hmm. For now, we're going to just kick it off, spin for our show, and see where we land. Spin that wheel. Ooh. So we've got... Prodigy. You've not seen any Prodigy, have you? No. There's a bit of um, a, a thing going on with Prodigy at the moment. So we have season one, and I've not been following it. There is a season two. I don't think it's been released anywhere yet. I believe it's made. Rather than why it's made, it's ready to go. But there's something wrong with it for licensing, or um, Paramount dropped it, but don't want to do it anymore. So I don't know what's happening with season two. So for now, as far as I'm aware... There is only one season of Prodigy. So I guess that means we can skip the second wheel spin. Yeah. And just go straight to the episode of this um, this cartoon. So yeah, you've not seen any Prodigy. I have yet. not. No. So into the verse of the new tracks and the new animated tracks. We're going to Prodigy. Let's see what episode we get. Number Ep- one. Episode one. Perfect. Excellent. Which is actually, yeah, as you say, perfect for you who have not seen it. So you will get to watch that very first episode. Let's just pull up the name. So, episode one of Prodigy is Lost and Found. The young alien Dal finds a hidden Starfleet spaceship during an escape attempt from them from a mine planet. But who is still after the ship? I Sounds guess. good. Yeah, so I, um, I do remember this. Obviously, I watched it when it first came out. And I remember when I, was, when I very first watched it, I was like, hmm. This is probably the most unique Trek I've seen. It's the most different Star Trek I'd seen. It doesn't follow any kind of format that you think of, having like a ship and a crew and going on away missions and, and, and what have you. And I did end up liking Prodigy, but it did take me a little while to get into it. Yeah. Just because it is such a unique uh, format for a show. It is also a kid's show. So you have to sort of go with that in mind a little bit. But yeah, do you know anything at all about Prodigy? Nothing. Have you got Nothing. Okay, so any thoughts on that little synopsis there? I mean, for myself, it's it's just going to be interesting to watch a Trek that I'd never even heard of before. I don't know what time this takes place in. Is it is it pre-Kirk? Is it after Kirk? Is it after Picard? Before Picard? I just So it's going to be nice to go into it not knowing anything about it. Thank you for joining us today on Warp Factor Unknown when we spoke about the episode um, crossover, Deep Space Nine. We hope you join us again next time when we discuss the episode from Prodigy, Lost and Found. My name's Daniel and I've been joined by my co-host, Tom. If you would like to contact us, please email us at warpfactorunknown at outlook.com. Again, it's warpfactorunknown at outlook.com. The intro music we used today was by Jeff Harvey. 
and you can find more of his music on Pixabay. <laughs>